they they worked in the city and like their regular job after work the traffic would be so bad they would just drive lift for like two hours until the traffic died down wow. oh that's that's really that's smart. So smart yeah so uh they said it would take just they said it would take that long to get home if they if they tried to leave at rush hours so yeah it would so and they'd they just would be sitting in it just down. wasting gas and wasting time yeah I'd make a couple of bucks at least that's super cool that's that super is so cool. smart Move this little bit. You can move that little bit. Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Jesse Rivera. What's up, Jesse? What's going on, you guys? Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah. I haven't done a podcast in a minute. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Neither have we. Earlier today, it's been a few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Did you guys record earlier today? (laughs) Yeah. Um, How many are you guys guys recording today? uh, uh, We recorded, this is the third one today. We're just trying to get in the the can, as they say, the the proverbial can. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Are you allowed to say who who you recorded earlier today, or is it a surprise? Uh, It'll probably be a surprise. It'll be fine. We'll tell you off air just because, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, explain to you. Somebody has to go out of order. That's why it's going to be a little that, bit. That was a very polite no. Uh-huh. Was a very polite no. Hey, mind your business, Jesse. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm nosy. I'm nosy as fuck. I want to know. I want to uh, say to know. you, congratulations on your 10 year anniversary of living in Sacramento. Yay. Ryan, can you believe it? 10 years. Wow, That's 10 so years. long. That's like a fifth of my life. Dang, that's crazy. Ten years. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's, good chunk of my life now. How has uh the last ten years in Sacramento treated you? Very good. I mean, excellent. Especially like I'm no, I there's no no bad times at all. I mean, of course there's bad days and bad weeks, but no. I have no I have no complaints. No, oh, no yeah. excellent. I like Sacramento. I want to get involved more in comedy there. Yeah, yeah, I see you're reaching out to folks and and trying to get up more out here. It's it's great. I think it's a great comedy scene. We were talking to uh, Drew Schaefer on the podcast recently. Yep. And I was like, oh, we performed in Sacramento for the first time. And he goes, where? And I said, Jesse Rivera's house. <laughs> and he said, what? He does shows there? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool. It was, it's fun. But so, that was a fun show. That was you really fun. Such a good job, Jesse. That was oh, a really fun you. show. Thanks. That that was the last one for a while. I got I got tired of producing them. I, I did two this year and got tired of it. <laughs> like, what this? Next year would be one and a half. Thanks for letting us be a part of it. I yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us on because we we really we really. No, I I really want that show to be a hang for comics. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and it really turned into that over the last. Well, since I started doing them last year, and then uh, the ones I did this year, they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We got to come out, you know, meet some cool people. We met Jess for the first time because yeah. we've only known Jess on, on Zoom until until we met her at uh, your place. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. She used to live right around the corner. Anthin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She used to live right around the corner and she would pop in all the time. But now she's like on the other side of town. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't only see her every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So how, what have you been up to? How's life been? Life's been good. Life's been good. I've been uh, just staying busy, uh, doing as much shows as I can, driving Lyft, working my regular job. Um, yeah, that's just super busy. Yeah, that's cool. That's so you cool. said um, you're you've been you're celebrating your ten years in SAC. Where where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town called Lamont. It's just outside of Bakersfield. Oh wow! Okay, it's not, not super up, far. I grew up in- 
Yeah, I grew up in Kern County. It's well, like a, it's, it's like a little, it's like a, it's like a little Orange County. It's a, oh, it's like a miniature <laughs> Orange County. <laughs> it's like a miniature Orange County. Like it wants to be Orange County so bad, um, <laughs> but it's not quite there. They, they have that Orange County political mindset. So I, I'm glad to not be living there anymore. Yeah, it's good. That we're good to have you uh, in, in Northern California. I guess that's still a Northern, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, even more Northern then. I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Uh, so at what point in your life did you discover um, stand-up comedy and kind of start falling in love with that? Oof. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of comedy. Like, uh, when I was a kid, like, we got, like, we didn't have cable. And then, like, so we had, like, three TV channels, right? And then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, we got cable and we got HBO. And HBO, like, at the time had, like, the Young Comedian specials and, like, uh, like the Rodney Dangerfield Young Comedian special. And, oh, like, they wow. And they were showing like uh, George Carlin and Richard Pryor. Nice. Um, and so I grew up watching all those guys and I always loved comedy. And I think it was like, I loved comedy and I loved Saturday Night Live. So like comedy and improv were kind of hand in hand to me. Like, I, I think I loved Saturday Night Live more than I love stand up. Um, but now uh, it's, it's stand up. I mean, I still love Saturday Night Live, but I mean, I, I tried improv for a couple of years. But um, it's still a lot of work. Um, and it's like, you got to be on a team, you know? So it's still, <laughs> that is a lot easier. I mean, it's not easier, but it's a lot less complicated. It's just you, you know? Yeah, yeah. right. You make yeah. the own rules. You make the jokes. And, and yeah, yeah you're exactly. Not, you're not trying to coordinate with five people's schedules, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yes, yeah. and yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you available tomorrow? Yes, and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you try improv before stand-up? Yeah, yeah. I did, uh, I did improv classes at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. Okay. Uh, probably like three or four years, like a long time. Um, off and on a lot, but I spent a lot of time at the Sacramento Comedy Spot doing improv. And um, but you know, stand up was always in the back of my mind, and I'm so glad I, I chose stand up. What uh what took you to Sacramento? I got a job. I, I I had a job and I, it was temporary. Um it's still like they still renew my contract once a year. Um, so it's still temporary. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of just like a, like a formality. It's temporary, but it's been temporary for the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of just a formality these days. I I, I got to remind them, hey, you didn't renew my contract, and they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, and then you know, I'll get the email that I've been extended for another year. But that's it's, awesome because yeah, you know those jobs, a lot of those jobs, like it's it's a risk. You're taking a risk because you're not guaranteed a job at the end of that year. You know. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure at this point you're, you are because, you know, you've been there for so long and, and they, they like you so much. But, you know, going into that, that's a risk. So I'm glad yeah, that was able yeah. to work out for but you. But now I've been there so long. It's like they can't. I mean, they could. Anybody's, everyone's replaceable. But yeah. it makes more sense for them to keep me now. But yeah. And um, so how are how you enjoying that? Good, good. You, you know, the best thing about my job is that it's like Monday through Friday, nine to six. I don't worry about my email after six. Like I don't have my work email on my phone. Yeah. Uh, same. I don't have to check it out. I, I, from six o'clock on Friday until nine o'clock on Monday. I do not worry one bit about you don't work. have to even think about work. No, no, nothing. Absolutely. I just focus on, on driving Lyft, doing comedy. Uh, just, you know, keep working on myself, you know? Um, and, and then, it, then during the day, I mean, it, it is, it is, uh, it's a challenging job, but it forces me to think outside the box and, um, and I get to work from home. So even um, better. Yeah. It's a, it's a great job. It's a great job. That's cool. That's awesome. Do you ever uh, run bits while you're driving Lyft? Oh 
all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. And I, I've gotten, uh, I, uh, I have one new joke, uh, just was just a lift about a lift ride that I, that I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, uh, I tried it out the other night and it went really well. I'm going to keep doing it. So I, I do have a, a lift bit in my, I, I did go ahead and put that in my, I did go ahead and put that in my little skit. As they, as we always yeah. get told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, so how did you, uh, how did you go from improv to stand up? Um, you know what? Uh, Brian crawl at the Sacramento comedy spot. Uh, okay. his was like super kind to me, but he was also always very like, uh, he'd be like, you know, you have the timing of a stand up. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> and interesting. He, and he'd be like, you know, you're funny, but you're always Jesse. You're not, quite on board with improv but you have good timing and you know he would always like kind of just like hint that maybe you should try stand-up and they had stand-up classes there too like i still took my first like he was he you know i hope he wasn't trying to get rid of me but you know uh <laughs> you know, so i I ended up taking a stand-up class there robert barry was uh was the instructor me oh, and i didn't emily, know robert barry did classes that's super yeah, cool yeah robert barry was the instructor uh me and emily peterson and alicia davis were in that class wow and a couple other like great comics too but like that still do it me emily and alicia how, how long ago was this what year were you uh, uh, taking classes? Uh, uh september will be five years for me doing stand-up oh my so i've been goodness. doing stand-up like four years and ten months wow that's incredible that's I'm cool. Still, I'm still a baby, like as far yeah, as yeah, but wow, I'm still a baby as far as stand up goes, you know. Because I mean, you know, I'm less than five years. Well, I'll be five years in a in a couple of months, but I, I still feel have... like that's an accomplishment. Yeah, because a lot of people they lose steam and sometimes give up within like the first to, to second year. I think that the pandemic really helped. Um, like maybe that would have been when I lost steam or when I would have like, you know, and it, we just kind of got forced to take some time off, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I think that, that, but some, some of my closest uh, comic friends um, all say um, that I was so different on stage after the pandemic that like, I just had this, this, I carried myself differently on stage it seemed to be the 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 break that that i needed to make me hungry for it again you know yeah that's that's interesting um i do feel like a lot of people were able like the people that did the zooms were able to really like um perfect it a little bit because there's just different nuances that we never thought of before yeah you know, like like for example for me um when i would perform stand-up i would fidget a lot and I would, I would sway and move a lot but then when you're sitting in front of a Zoom camera, yeah, there's, really nothing to really, there's nothing to fidget with, and you have yeah. to stay in frame. Oh, so believe Zoom... me, I'm fidgeting still. Believe me. <laughs> so with. Zoom kind of taught me that, though. you know. So that's definitely uh, been an improvement on my stand-up. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah, and that was when I met you guys, right? I was like during the pandemic, and uh, yeah. uh, Tara Wiedner was hosting those, uh, those uh, roulette. Oh my oh, gosh, that roulette it. that was the that was the best, that was the best. on Zoom. It was so, yeah. so fun. It was um it was just hysterical and it was, she was so such a great host. It was so much fun. And, she was a fun host, yeah, and it was just wild. And, and I, I needed like to work on my riffing and that that helped me so yeah. much. Yeah. How did you uh so you you did start comedy what 2018 then? Yeah. And uh -huh. you're going strong. So what was it like for you then when the pandemic did hit? Yeah. 
it was it was crushing well and, and when the pandemic hit i was also like like uh, i was also doing my podcast and um i was doing the podcast here in the living room and so like for like the whole like the first two or three months of the pandemic like my podcast equipment was still set up in my living room you know and it was just like really sad just looking at it every day you know so you would have people over for the podcast but then you stopped yeah. doing that at the pandemic time yeah yeah because okay. i'm responsible yeah right. yeah right i appreciate that yeah i didn't keep doing stuff like some some people did yeah <laughs> what was your podcast called you know why i don't even know what it was called back then uh, <laughs> I think I think it started off as comic talk. It was comic talk, the podcast. Then I got tired of talking to comics, so then I, 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 uh, I like I was having to recycle through comics. I was like, ah, oh, these guys just want to talk about themselves. Um, and so I started like talking to like, um, like you know, uh, artists and tattoo artists and uh, like just creatives in Sacramento. And um, and I, then I, by the end, it was like coffee dates with Jesse Rivera. That's um, cool though, because oh I that doesn't that doesn't like pigeonhole you into a certain category. Yeah, and you yeah. Kind of do anything you want with it. Yeah. Um, did you serve coffee when they came over? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you better. You better go over for a coffee. There's no coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like my thing is like having people over for coffee. I, I love, uh, you know, I love making guests co- a cup of coffee. Are you uh, are you gonna re uh, you know relaunch your podcast? Are you considering that at all? That'd be great. You know, I would love to, but. I I I really wish like if I had a producer I would do it to where like yeah. I be a lot of work. But it's it's a lot of work. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys how much work it is. It's a it's a lot of work and um I miss it. I do. Uh and every once in a while I I'll start like brainstorming of ways to like bring it back but make the production super simple, you know? Um but I just, I just I I don't I mean, I'm I'm sure I'll bring it back someday, but uh, I don't have that. It's going to be back tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> no that's, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's understandable. Wow. That's super fun though. I like that. I think, I think um, you have so many like really cool, unique ideas. Uh, and I've mentioned it before. Like you had one of these um, uh, YouTube video type like things, uh, projects where you had people on and you guys all discussed what your favorite albums were or what, what your favorite artists. And, oh man, I could like listen to that. Cause it was just like, you guys each had a reason of why you liked certain tracks or songs. And it was always like something different. And it was so yeah. cool. Well, those were so much fun to do. And that, that kind of came of, um, where so like the inspiration for that was like, there was like a couple of things that inspired that one is that i was really getting tired of carrying the conversation oh. in a podcast right like I, I i really got tired of carrying the conversation in a podcast but then i was also like okay well if i have more than one person on the podcast like you know that's less i have to talk yeah. <laughs> but, but then i was like I have to give them a topic because if not, they're just going to talk like <laughs> over each other. And, you know, yeah. that's, then that's where the top five, that that's where I was all born from. It was like top five. And we did like top, I, um, my, my favorite one, and I hope no one gets mad that I, <laughs> theirs is the favorite one, but my favorite one was uh top five R and B albums with uh, Ivy Cordova, Rhoda yes! and Nicole Eichenberg, top five R and B albums of the nineties. 
And I love all three of those comics so much. And to just be on a Zoom call with them for 45 minutes nerding out about 90s R&B, like, it was the best. It was the best. That was also one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I really liked that one. Another great mm-hmm. one that, that where I got educated was um, I did uh, top five female SNL cast members. Oh, and, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and what I did for that one is is I asked, uh, in my opinion, some of the best um, improvisers from the Sacramento Comedy Spot, like Michelle Petro, um, who was on that one? That was like Michelle Petro, um, Charlotte Hoare, and this other girl who's hilarious, Lindsay, Lindsay Monday. Um, I know that they're all like Saturday Night Live nerds, and they, man, it was so much fun. That one's another great one. Yeah. That one's another fun one to listen to because they they nerd the fuck out on because these are these are women yeah. improvisers who like grew up idolizing these like the way I grew up idolizing John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Like they grew up just idolizing Kate McKinnon and and all these other great um, uh, SNL cast members. So that was a lot of fun. Oh man, I loved it. I think it's such a fun, plus you kind of get them out of uh, their element of just talking about themselves. They're talking Mm -hmm. about themselves and having this conversation in a group of other people liking and, uh, you know, contributing to the conversation of something that you all enjoy. And that just makes you like, it just, you know, I don't want to say, uh, lifts you up, but it does. It kind of lifts you up to know that you have other people that like something that you like so much. Yeah, when that was going full steam, and then I got burned out. We were yeah. <laughs> we were about to do um, one that we never did that I really wanted to do is uh, me, Ivy Cordova, Anthony K, and Marcus Mangum were going to do top five Jay Z records. Oh, me. I think it was going to be Alvin Duke. We were going to do top five Michael Jackson songs. Uh, we were going to do top five Jay-Z. We were going to do top five MJ. Um, but there was so many uh, that we had. We were, I think we never did. We were going to do top five U2 albums because like Robert Berry loves U2. Wow. Uh, yeah, we, we had so many uh, planned and then I just got burned out on it. And well, if you, uh, I mean, if you were to bring that back, it sounds really interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe yeah. once yeah. a month or something. something. Yeah, like a once know. in a while episode. You're like, that's too Yeah, no, now. no, never. <laughs> right, once in a while, that's a lot. Hey, so uh, during the pandemic, um, how did you kind of discover the uh, the online side of comedy? Yeah. Jackie Pearl. Okay, that makes sense. She was, she was a big part of She's it. She's the best. Yeah, Jackie Pearl. Jackie's awesome. We really like yeah, her a lot. Yeah, she introduced me to uh, that. That uh, what was it called? It wasn't called Russian Roulette. Was it called Russian? Yeah, it was called yeah Russian Roulette. Rush what in. Oh yeah, Rush in. Rush yeah. in. Yeah. Rush in Roulette. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. It was Rush. She wanted people to rush into the Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was um, oh, man. My only problem with that show is that I didn't think of it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that. That was a lot of fun. It was yeah. It was Jackie Pearl. Who, uh, who introduced me to that? Yeah, yeah, that was. Tara was on my. I had Tara as a guest on my podcast. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. she's also from Bakersfield. Oh wow! Oh, Tara's from Bakersfield. Yeah, she grew up in Bakersfield. Yeah, I don't know if she wants me outing her like that, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's Tara, so it could be anybody. Tara, <laughs> there's a whole Tara podcast Reed. episode about it. So yeah, 
that's cool. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, what was it like for you uh, when the pandemic started lifting a little bit and things were opening up yeah. more? It's still a little bit cautious because remember, like, it, yeah, us too. It seemed like I was super gung ho about it and I really wanted to do a lot, but then like they shut it right back down. So I think when it came back the second time, like when the reopenings came back the second time, I was a little bit more leery. Like I didn't want to just get my hopes up again. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, when the pandemic first lifted, like when the first round of of people started getting uh, vaccinated and got like started getting the clear to go. Um, I did bring the podcast back and I did, um, I did the vaccinated edition with, uh, uh, Emma Haney and Casey Singara, and we were able to do it at the comedy spot with, uh, who had already been vaccinated. So it was like the first time that we got to be, I think we were like the first ones back in the comedy spot doing a show post pandemic. And then like that lasted like two months and then they got all shut down again, but. Yeah, so you're able to do your podcast in front of a live audience. Yeah, yeah, I did it in wow. front of the audience a couple times. Um, uh, uh, before the pandemic, I was doing them like because I the I really wanted it to be like a like a late night talk show. Mm-hmm. Like I loved David Letterman growing up, you know, and I I really wanted to have like a um. So I, I did a couple at the comedy spot um, where uh the comics would come out, do five minutes, and then sit down and sit with me we would have two comics and then we'd we'd end the night just the three of us uh talking on stage about comedy those oh that's fun. incredible that is yeah, those were fun. idea jesse yeah that. you can have it you can have that idea do it no, okay for you, that's like great you're <laughs> right. such a like warm person to have a conversation with uh, sometimes yeah, yeah. i like you no yeah <laughs> you have such a good you do have a good vibe to you but yeah go ahead and call the comedy spot i'll be right there Oh my God. <laughs> just kidding yeah well then uh, you know comedy spot and stab like and I, i'm doing a lot of shows at stab now but comedy spot and stab are, are so good to uh local uh performers you just like shoot them an idea and they'll give it a try you know that's oh, pretty that's, that's so pretty nice. awesome that's pretty cool i did not know that but yeah uh you're doing uh what is it wtf abby oh yeah uh at so right now i have two shows at stab uh we have dear abby dear abby wtf so dear abby what the fuck uh, with Nicole Eichenberg. Uh, and that's just um, a fun show where we just read old Dear Abby letters and riff <laughs> about this is just the craziest stuff that people write into Dear Abby about an advice column from the 60s and 70s. It's just it's wild. Because um, my answer is always like divorce. Like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people didn't get divorced back then, you know? Like, do you have uh, any um, of the problems that you experienced on that show? From those letters, do you do you remember anything that you could share with us? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. One of the funniest ones was um, this uh, this couple writes in is like, dear Abby, we live in a really nice neighborhood, and uh, a couple of months ago, what we thought were a uh, uh, a single father and his son moved in across the street, um, but they've been hosting a lot of really wild parties, and uh, we don't think that they're father and son. Um, so- so oh, like this, wow. yeah so and they were like you know a lot of stuff a lot of stuff like the the funniest ones are just like how uh backwards like people's opinions on on gay and 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 transgender and transsexuality were back then how they were just like what do we do we've never seen this you know and uh what just let them live how about that 
<laughs> well, you don't have to do anything, you know? Yeah. But it's just so wild, you know, that, and that was only like, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Well, no, a lot longer, right? That was like 60 years ago. Yeah, Still, I was like, 30 years ago was the 90s. Yeah. I know, oh my yeah. gosh. Like it's hard ago. to, it's hard to imagine that though. <laughs> but I know. I just saw a thing saying that Sublime's self-titled was released 27 years ago. Dang. Um, yeah. It's crazy oh. to think about that. Um, but yeah, no, some of those letters are wild. And then I also do another show with Dana Bryant um, called The Book Report, where um, we have someone, you do a book report on just whatever book you love, and then you do an improv scene based on the book report. Wow. So, that's um, incredible. You have these, you have such that's what I'm saying. incredible, innovative ideas. That, that was born of... Um, you know, because like I, I've I've walked the I've walked the line between comedy and improv, right? And I know how hard improv is. Like improv is super hard, and I have had so many conversations with comics where they're like, "I can do improv. You just make it up. I can do it." And I'm like, "No, it's hard." You know, and um, it's 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 fun watching comics try to do improv. Um, <laughs> but, but some of them have done great. Uh, Kendrick Williams was on. He was great. Uh, Jordan Quattlebaum was on uh, a couple weeks ago. He was great. Um, they, they've done great because, like, uh, it's still like a new show. So people are asking to be on it. And so the people that are asking to be on it do have like some acting or some improv chops. So it's it's been a lot of fun. And to hear people nerd out about a book that they love, you know, um, that's because like that's kind of like where it came from. It's like, I love books and I wanted to do a show that, like, where we got to talk about books and like old bookstores and so we always have like a little interview segment where we talk about like, you know, why do you love books so much? And um, so it's, it's a lot of fun with Dana Bryant. I love her. She's great. That's She's incredible. an improviser. Nice. So where are these two shows? Um, where are people able to go to see you or see you online or anything? Well, these are, uh, uh, you can, you can search and find stab comedy theater. They, you know, the really cool, one of the cool things about stab is like, they, uh, they stream all of their shows on Twitch. Yeah. I just, so really, they I just have found that, that out. They have that Twitch built-in audience that, well, it's not built-in. They still got to earn a following. But so people are on Twitch, like watching the shows and commenting. It's it's a lot of fun. So I would recommend um, you could do like a, you could subscribe to their channels, like five bucks a month. Or I think you could watch for free or something like that. I don't know. But cool. um, when we were there recently, we actually did, uh, I did Just Roberts' show. And we oh, saw yeah. you there where you were going to be at the next show. Um, yeah. David Thorne, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Hilarious. Uh, he took his shirt off on stage. Yeah. And Stab, the, the guy that works at Stab, actually censored him on Twitch. <laughs> he put a Stab, he put a Stab logo over oh his chest area. No way. <laughs> it was perfect. It like added so much like to that is hilarious. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, no, it was perfect. Like, like the guy's just kind of there and you know, he's watching along and he's just like, you know, knows what to do on the Twitch. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's uh, Jesse Jones, the the dude that runs Stab Comedy. He's he's hey, listen, if you ever get a chance, um, forget what his show is called. Oh, shoot, he does improv. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers you'll ever see do improv. Oh uh, wow! And I, and I, and no one ever believe like the comics don't ever believe me because he's always so quiet and just reserved. Yeah. He was really quiet when we were there. Yeah, he yeah. He seems like so business and just oh man, get that guy on stage and he is a he is a wild man. He is insane. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to see him do uh, improv, he's great. 
That is awesome. I'm that is it. awesome. Hey, yeah. so you have a huge uh, record collection that you're very proud of. Yeah. Uh, I am. You want to talk to us about that? Like some of your favorite. I just got, uh, I just got some new records today. I just got Yay! some new ones today. Um, I got these today. Uh, Paul Simon's greatest hits. Nice. Oh wow! It has a it has Korea Chrome, Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. I love that song. Um, yeah, uh, Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover. It's great. Um, I scored this this Duke Ellington. It's a live Duke Ellington. This record fucking smokes. I was a band nerd. Like I played saxophone in marching band and jazz band. Okay. So like what? jazz, like I love it. And this this record smoked. Got this today. Um, I had this George Michael single for I Ooh. Want Your Sex. Um, and this is right now, this is like my prized possession. This uh uh they they call this the Robert Ludwig copy of Led Zeppelin 2. And um what's so famous about this Led Zeppelin 2 is that the guy that the guy that mastered it, his name is Robert Ludwig. And um he mastered it so good, it's so loud and just like bam, like it jumps off the record that it won't play on a cheap turntable because it'll just skip too much. So wow. when when it came out, like, like the, the needle it, jumps a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the needle will jump because it's wow. so they call it the hot mix because it's just so boom 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 boom. Like it's just so that they they re remastered it and took it down a level. But now like there's turntables that are so good that it just it's just an amazing sounding copy. And I, I think there's I think there's only like two hundred thousand copies were made. And um saying this was like, well, I don't even know when this came out, sixty-seven. I'm I don't I'm not a music historian, but th- this is like Wow. I trade I traded a lot of records for that. Oh but, wow. I'm, I'm I'm super happy with it. But those are those are my recent. I like how every record you showed us is super old, but they all look brand new. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> I try to I'm I'm getting to the point now with my collection to where like I want like cleaner pressings of stuff and, and mm-hmm. I've learned how to take care of my stuff and um I'm trying to like purge it down to like a uh I I find stacks that I didn't even realize I forgot I had. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I find some and I'm like, oh shit, I remember I remember coming home that day and I was so happy about this and it sat there because the next day I bought something else, you know. (laughs) Put it on top of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. So um we have a friend who listens to only eight tracks because he says that that is like the true form of the music and digital music doesn't really have the same quality to it. Uh, what is it about records that you love? So here, here it is. Listen, 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 here, here it is. When you're, when a, when a, when a, when an A track or a record or a cassette is being made, right? The music is being laid down. It's just being put down. When a CD is being made, the music is being digitized and it's being like coded, oh. right? So this is smoother and warmer than this, right? That's yeah. that's that's the difference. That's the difference. And then then add to that like good speakers and a good amplifier that knows to push this up and push this down and keep this here. To where you can still tweak that with knobs, and you you hear it in a way you've never heard it before. Like you can take like your favorite Pink Floyd, like everybody loves Pink Floyd, right? 
Mm-hmm. You can take your favorite Pink Floyd record, like Dark Side of the Moon, you've heard it a thousand times. You come into my house and listen to it on vinyl, and you'll be like, I've never heard it like this before. You'll just wow. hear all of these nuances in the music that that's the way they wanted it to be heard, you know? And yeah. your friend says that about A-Tracks, then that's probably the first way he heard music, you know? Because it's on mm-hmm. a tape. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be on tape. It's supposed to be. I think that like not not 90s. I think that like 80s hip hop, 80s and 90, 80s and early 90s hip hop, that sounds best on cassette because like that's that's how they intended it, you know, to be heard is like because, you know, back then they were passing tapes around and to play the you know, in your Kenwood and your, your Alpine. Right. Like yeah. it, like early hip hop. Well, that's like second generation hip hop. Right. It's that's pretty digital. Right. Yeah, that stuff sounds great on cassette. To me, that stuff sounds great on cassette. And like 90s, like I want to hear that on CD because that's the way it was recorded, you know? I didn't know that about music. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm a nerd on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome though. And then you have a, such a, how big is your collection approximately? Um, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> I, I've been saying 700 for like a year now, but it's probably more than that. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. It's a lot. It's a pretty uh, big collection. I'd like to get it down under five. Like it's going to get smaller. Like it, it is. It's going to get smaller. There's just a lot of stuff that I need to get rid of. I've just been too lazy to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I got rid of when I saw this. <laughs> when I saw this Led Zeppelin the other day. I, I got, I, probably took in a stack like that and got rid of it. Wow. Nice. um, It felt good to purge and to come home with just that one, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Also, um, you know, speaking of your taste and and stuff, uh, we were at your house recently and you have like the greatest art that I've seen, like in one place before. I love it. You have such a great taste in this art. You want to talk to us about some of your pieces? You know, when I got my house, um, Somebody like got me a, a gift card for like uh like uh um Bed Bath and Beyond or something. They're like, oh, you should go get some art at Bed Bath and Beyond. And I was like, okay, sure. And I went and I looked and I was like, I'm not gonna put this crap on my walls. Like, <laughs> like this cookie cutter, like you know, like yeah, I, yeah. I corporate corporate art. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to do it, and I don't. There's nothing hanging on my walls that was bought at like target or 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 ikea i mean i have target and ikea stuff in the house for like (laughs) mandatory stuff that you need but like as far as like what what is grabbing your attention like it's all it's all um a lot of it is local artists um some not so local um but uh it's or like um um like the music posters are like they're like that yeah Nirvana poster was uh that's one of the I don't know why I'm pointing. Um <laughs> that Nirvana poster uh was you know the the posters that they used to send to the record stores uh to promote the albums when they came out. So even that stuff, that's like super rare. That album came out like in '94, you know. Um I have like Madonna promotional stuff like from '84, you know, um REM, uh think i have something prince somewhere that somebody gave me um yeah it's all it's all um lo- local artists and and just um 
and I'm always looking for stuff. And like, it, it gets to the point where like, I'll recycle it or I'll upcycle. Like I'll, I'll give somebody something like, I just don't have room for it anymore. So I'll, I'll, if I'll get a new piece, I'll, I'll give away a piece or, you know. That is so cool. That is really cool. Especially because your art is so incredible that you're just kind of yeah. like spreading it out a little bit with other people. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, it's like, yeah. If someone get, or if someone gives me something, I'm like, well, here, we'll take this, you know? Um, yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Because then it's like they have a piece, you know, of something that I had, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So yeah. after you go to Bed Bath & Beyond and you don't want to get anything there art-wise, how does your journey of collecting all this wonderful art begin? How did it start? You know what? I think it really started uh, maybe with these, uh, I think this Outsiders poster may have been one of the first things I got. Um, I just ran across it on Instagram. And then... Um, I know I ran across something. It, it, it all started like on Instagram, like just seeing like local artists put stuff up. Oh, yeah, during okay. the pandemic, uh, a tattoo artist was doing those pours in the bathroom that I had. I got those from her during the pandemic because like they weren't able to do tattooing, right? So they had to find other ways to support. Them. I think the pandemic really pushed a lot of it because yeah. a lot of were just like all of a sudden couldn't go to pop-ups. You You're know? right. Yeah, and a lot of people that can do art who weren't really doing it had to do it to get money because they needed yeah. money. Yeah, they needed a hustle. Yep. Yep. I think the pandemic really, really kickstarted that. But I'd always I've always really liked art, but I never really had a place to showcase it. But now I have this whole house and there's, there's stuff everywhere. Your pieces are great. I, I put something up in the garage the other day. Like I didn't I was like, where am I gonna put this? And I was like, oh it's <laughs> there you go one of the coolest pieces uh that i really enjoyed i mean i love all of them but one of the ones that i thought was like super dope was uh some of your pieces in the garage they're a record they're you know it's art painted onto a record an actual like oh yeah uh, vinyl that was um, erica atreyu um there's one in the bathroom that's that's uh that's vinyl and it's a that's a record that she painted on um Erica Atreyu, she's a she's a she's a Folsom artist. Um she did that and she did another one in the bathroom. I have two of her I have two of her pieces here at the house. Does she does she do art on vinyl or is that like a special thing for you because those are yeah. two no, of your no, passions? She, she did that. Like that was that was in her I think I bought something off of her and she threw that in. Wow. Uh, that is so because cool. she's like she said, Oh look, I did this on vinyl. I think she has a couple of pieces. Okay. That in after I bought a piece, but this, I th- that's perfect for you because those are two of your passions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I I think they should there, there should be uh, a lot more of that because there's so many records that are just like they they reach a point where like you can't play them, but like yeah. like I don't want to throw them away. It's hard. It's hard to throw away a record. It really is. Especially like it, it's all beat up and it doesn't play, and you're like this this is useless. But I'm just like I can't. It's hard. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. It's somebody's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this record I bought today. It had a. It had an old family photo in it. Holy whoa! Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Is anything written on the back? No, there's nothing written on the back. Wow, that's crazy. That dude's hat looks like your hat in the background right now. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it's so crazy. That is so wild. That is crazy. I found someone's uh, junior high ID once in a record. And I, <laughs> I tracked them down on Facebook and I was like, hey, is this yours? And he's like, oh my God, where'd you find that? And Whoa. we had a conversation. 
Yeah. yeah. Found it in your house. <laughs> it was, a, it was, a, it was their, uh, the Urban Cowboy soundtrack. It was in the Urban Cowboy soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> well, then. oh wow. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So wild. That is really crazy. How old were they? Like, <laughs> at this point? Well, because it was like probably from years ago. If it was yeah, they're, probably probably in, they're probably in their 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember that. Yeah. That was one of the craziest stories about, well, you know, used records. This uh, this one guy, uh, Dylan Collins, Dylan, not Dylan Collins, Dylan something. Uh, he has a record store called Noble Records, but he also has a he has a a random website, a random Instagram page of things he found in records. And oh wow! Like, oh, that's uh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, right. Like lo- a lot of love letters, um, a lot of a lot of art, um, uh, a lot, yeah. Uh, the bills, you know. Oh wow! <laughs> but yeah. no money, huh? <laughs> no, I, yeah. yeah, I've never found any money. No. Uh, oh, well, I found uh, a couple. A couple weeks ago, I I bought something, and um, there inside there was um, uh, signed uh, the Harley Davidson girl, like a, a pinup of a Harley Davidson girl, and it was signed to like two different ones. I was like, man, this guy must have been afraid. You know, he had to hide these from his wife. Oh no, yeah. yeah, that was that was my story. I was like, he probably had to hide these from his wife, and he had them hidden in this record. And they forgot about him or something. Yeah, I forgot about them. They're mine now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're yours now. You don't have to hide them. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to hide it. Yeah, I don't, I don't hopefully his name was Jesse. Yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> been it's cool. like, what does it say, dear William? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesse also. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The dog was right here sleeping. I was oh, oh. Hi, baby. So mad. She's so mad. Like she was asleep. She was asleep ten heartful. seconds. Ago. She is a sweet. Oh, she dog. was so sweet to us when we saw her. Yeah, she's playing. She's pretending. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? She oh, I say you. Uh, you recently also went on a weight loss journey. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's it's been crazy. Um. I think like today is like 10 months since the surgery. And uh, I think it's been um, like 130 pounds since the surgery. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's in itself has been, uh, you know, cause I, I did the gastric sleeve surgery. So they, they, they shrink your stomach down. And so just like learning to, uh, to, to eat again, you know, uh, but I think like one of the things that, that helped me that helped me on it is that like, you know, after the surgery, they say like, you can't, you can't drink alcohol, you can't drink sodas. And I, I already like, I don't drink like I haven't, like 2017 was the last time I was drunk. Um, and I had already given up sodas, you know, like a couple of years ago. So some of the the bigger obstacles, I was already like, over those. So, I mean, it hasn't been easy. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's lonely, you know, uh, but it's a transition and um, I, I, I feel great about it. I'm, I'm glad I did it. You know, I feel like, how I, do you, I, uh, I how do you feel physically? Do you feel like a lot yeah, different physically? More I'm starting to get to where um, like, I can feel my body want to do more. Like, like just like, I like the house has never been this clean. Um, and um you know i'll go i'll go to target just to go and walk now we're like i would never go to target or you know i'm like um yeah uh physically like i feel i feel great especially on stage like 
I used to get tired. Like if I, like if somebody asked me to do 15, I'd be excited about doing 15, but then I'd also be nervous about like, I'm going to be gassed, you know? And um, I can do, I'm doing like 20, 25 now with, you know, and, and not coming off, you know, coming off stage tired, but not like completely gassed, you know? So uh, it's, it's like, it's a whole new life. It really is. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're going on, is it runs or walks or like, cause I know you're going out and doing stuff now more too. I do. I do. I'll, I'll go walking at the gym. I don't, I'm still like not great court. Like I want to be somewhere where like, if I fall, there's going to be a lot of people there ready. Mm-hmm. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going on bike trails or, or hiking in the woods. No, <laughs> I, want, I want immediate attention if I fall. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to have to use my life alert or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no. no signal no signal yeah, yeah no <laughs> signal yeah you seem to have fallen like my apple wallet. you seem to have fallen yeah. <laughs> uh how was life for you out in sacramento when the pandemic kind of started to lift a little bit and you're just back out into the world oh it was like a it was like a like a three-year-old like learning how to walk like just walking around just like in amazement and just and seeing everybody, like everybody kind of had like this, the, everybody was kind of shell-shocked, you know, yeah. like there was still people like being very, very polite and being very leery. And, and, and then you got the, the people that were just like obnoxious the whole time. Like there, you could tell who they were, you know? Um, but I, it, it was, it was real eye opening and it was real, like, just, just to talk to people, you know, it was, it was nice. Do you, do you think that it like kind of inspired a new little like uh, kind of feeling of gratitude to be able to interact with people in the physical world again? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I think I think it jump started a lot of uh, new comedy careers. There, there's so yeah. many comics in Sacramento. And I think a lot of people were just like, "Oh man, I'm I, I got to do something when this is over." You know, mm-hmm. I think. It, uh, or even it, maybe like jump the board on the on the online stuff for a while because yeah. it's more accessible, you know. Yeah, yep. I'm scratching my dog's back for her. Oh, <laughs> what a nice, what a nice dad. Still scratching stuff. So. Uh, tell us about uh, backyard funnies. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I started it. Um, you know, um, a lot of the stuff I started just because like I wasn't gonna like wait for people to book me. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to book my own shows and I'm just going to start my own podcast and, yeah. and I'll just do it on my own. And yeah. Backyard Funnies, uh, the first two or three Backyard Funnies, um, Jess Roberts and Danny D really helped me a lot with it. Uh, they helped me in setting up the garage and setting up the equipment and, you know, uh, helping me track down equipment. And um, it was it was a work in progress. And then so uh, last summer we did like, I think the first show was April 20th. The first Backyard Funnies Woo. was April 20th of 2022, I guess. And then we did an April show. Then we did like a single to mile show. And then we did a June show. I think we took like July and August off. And then we did a birthday show because my birthday is in September. So um, they were they, they were gaining traction and, and we were just uh, learning how to do them better and better each time. And we moved it from the backyard to the front yard. Uh, it just worked better in the front yard. Uh, with the front yard, we can use the garage as the green room, you know, yeah, and the porch as the stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that that really worked out a lot better. But like I said, it's a lot of work, and um, 
I don't know when I'll, I think I'll for sure have one every year on 420, you know? Nice. Oh, that'd be a really good tradition. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I'll, that I'll do them monthly during the summer anymore. Cause that's a lot of work. It's so hot. <laughs> yeah, definitely can be. Definitely can be. But it's a good little thing. Cause you know, you're, when we were there, uh, you know, a couple of your neighbors came over and some yeah. comics that weren't even going to be on the show came over and it's a good fun little uh, community thing. It is. Yeah. One of the neighbors asked me the other day when I was going to do another one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, like awesome. how they're so supportive of you. Like, oh yeah. I love this neighborhood. Years. This neighborhood's great. Yeah. 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 You could tell that you guys have like, kind of like a really good, you know, community space there. Yeah. It's a good neighborhood. I like it here. I've been here like seven years now. Nice. Hell yeah. Uh, so what's a couple of things in comedy that you maybe want to accomplish the next year or two? Uh, I want to record an album. Oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. I want to record an album. Uh, we're, we're working on it right now. Like trying to get the, the venue and the date uh, secured, but I want to, I, I want to record the album. I want to have somebody uh, record it for video and I want to get the audio recorded. And I want to put out like maybe 150 vinyls of it, 150 vinyl copies of it. Oh, um, so it's like a limited edition. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and that I'll, is really cool. That's that's something I definitely want to uh, get done uh, this year, hopefully. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, that's you're on your way. You're already yeah. up to 25 minutes. You probably have a little bit more than that too. Yeah, and then with yeah, Hyper Stanima, you definitely are yeah. going to be able to to yeah. accomplish that. Yeah, I think like thirty or forty minutes will be will be fine. I don't I don't need to do an hour. I think thirty yeah. or forty will be fine. And then if, and then I know since you're so into like older music and stuff, thirty or forty minutes is like the traditional amount of time of yeah. an album. That's yeah, that's how long. Yeah, twenty two minutes on each side. I learned that from Lincoln Park. Because <laughs> that's why. Because when Lincoln Park they came out in the early two thousands, but when yeah. their albums came out, they were very short. And the reason was because that was what traditional album length was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the 90s were like the when CDs came out like bands felt that they had to fill up the CD. Oh but, my gosh, or like the rappers like Snoop Dogg put out like double disc with like 18 tracks on each disc. Yeah, and yeah. Like, you could shorten that into a solid 45 if you wanted to like. Yeah. Wow, you were just talking about that like what yesterday? Yeah, I was just bringing that up yesterday, That's I think. That's so wild. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. brought it up again, so. Yeah. <laughs> I might bring it up again tomorrow too if I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah awesome jesse well thank you so much for joining us yeah, yeah for sure i had a great time i'm glad yeah. you it. it's been super fun talking to you and i uh, get to know you a little bit better mm-hmm. thank you thanks hope you guys come out soon yeah absolutely let us know we'll be happy to come hang out with you We'd anytime love to. Sure, we love penelope sure. <laughs> yeah we do uh you wanna, what was that she's a good dog yeah you want to plug your social media yeah, uh, JR2L, like the initials JR and then the number two and then L. Nice. And there's Penelope. It's an audio podcast, you guys, but there's Penelope. <laughs> yeah, you can find me uh, at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I'm at She Shines For You, all spelled out, no numbers. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Thank you so much, Jesse. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, guys.